Hey everybody, this is Don. Just wanting to drop in real quick before this episode to let you know that after you listen to this episode, go over to Chuddle the Pod, where um, I joined the Chuddle Boys to discuss the Stephen King, George Romero horror movie classic Creep Show. Chuddle the Podcast is is uh, the spookiest, goriest, and most screamtastic movie club in town. Whether you're a fearless horror buff or a curious newbie, our f- their fiendishly fantastic horror movie club is for you. Join the terrible trio of Ross, Brian, and Sam as they embark on a delightful weekly adventure through the darkest corners of cinema. From timeless classics to hidden gems to the latest releases, they've got it covered. And I got to join them and had a phenomenal time with them. They are a blast. And uh, hopefully you guys will give them a chance. If you love horror movies, go check out Chuddle the Pod. Uh, The episode releases the the same day as this one, June 7th. So uh, check them out. Chuddle boys kick ass. We love them. Absolutely. There you go. That was Josh. Bye. I think they know. I know. Shut up. There was uh, this girl left her cell phone at the pharmacy at work one time. Yeah. And uh, it rang and it was Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we get a phone call at the front store where this girl, uh, with one of the most beautiful English accents I've ever heard in my entire life, called. And she was like, I think I may have left my phone up there. And I was like, Is your ringtone? teenage dirtbag (laughs) and she was like yes it is oh my god i'm so embarrassed i was like no i love that song yeah i've got it (laughs) and i really wanted to see this woman and fall in love with her but uh she sent her friend in to get it unfortunately (sighs) yeah but so welcome everybody to stuff don found interesting today um i am don your daddy i'm Ruben, your <laughs> oldest brother, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm Josh, aka uh, the weird cousin. Yes. Did we just do a bim bam, but fucked up? That or uh, Dungeons and Daddies. That's true. He's your daddy. I'm your bro. I guess. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm the oldest member. Uh, I'm I'm your weird cousin that's like pretty cool, but definitely you knew me from the time when I did too many psychedelics. I'm the Travis <laughs> of this podcast, is okay. what I'm trying to say. The, the middle brother. brother. <laughs> that makes you the sweet little baby brother. That's fine. But uh, thirty and, under thirty, baby. Yeah. <laughs> what have, <laughs> fuck! I forgot that he did that for like a long time. Yeah. Um, and in fact, it's kind of a misnomer because this isn't stuff Don found interesting this week because I found this the story months ago Uh and just you know but uh i decided to go ahead and uh do it this week because uh a lot of you don't know but 95 percent of the guests that we have on this show um i took a pill already sorry bleed jameson whiskey oh sure uh josh bleeds jameson he has sweated Jameson, apparently, too. Many times. Many times. So uh, this is the podcast that runs on Jameson. 
and weed. Are we doing a Jameson story right we now? We are doing a Jameson story. So, fun fact, uh, my nephew's name is Jameson. Because of the whiskey? My brother said that he wanted a strong Irish name. Well, <laughs> he got it. There was actually a guy yesterday at Brandon's uh, graduation. His name literally was like Finnegan O'Malley. Holy shit. Yeah. But he looked, he did not look Irish in the slightest. But yeah, his name was Finnegan O'Malley. Finnegan. It may not have been O'Malley. I know his first name was Finnegan because it struck me as like Finnegan. And my brain immediately went to Phineas and Ferb, but I know uh-huh. that wasn't it. So this article, which is all that's interesting, is love uh, all that's interesting.com. When James Jameson bought a girl just to watch her be eaten by cannibals. Bitch, what? Mm-hmm. So in the 18th 18- Hi, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that because there's a Snopes uh rebuttal but still in the 1880s an heir to the vast jameson irish whiskey fortune bought a 10 year old girl oh so he could draw her being eaten by cannibals it got worse i thought she was like a woman no nah james s jameson nah, he said girl yeah <laughs> james s jameson was the great great grandson of john jameson the founder of the famed whiskey company and as oh, such okay. john jameson jingleheimer schmidt yes. uh-huh j jonah jameson yeah j jonah jameson jingleheimer schmidt i want pictures of whiskey <laughs> this is about as close as you can get to Bailey's without getting wet. <laughs> <laughs> and as such was heir to the family fortune. Now, like many rich heirs of the era, come on, go away, considered him, he, yeah, Jameson considered himself something of an adventurer and would tag along with the expeditions of more accomplished explorers. In 1888, <laughs> he joined the Ermin Pasha Relief Expedition, led by renowned explorer Henry Morton Stanley across Central Africa. Now, the journey was ostensibly to bring supplies to Emin Pasha, the leader of an Ottoman province in Sudan that was cut off by a revolt. I think I have heard this story on, like, infographics. Probably. They do all these kind of stories. In reality, the expedition had a second purpose, to annex more land for the Belgian Free State Colony in the Congo. Now, it was on this expedition that James Jameson would commit his unspeakable crime. Varying accounts exist of the incident, from Jameson's own diary to his wife and a translator on the trip. But what they all agree on is that on June, by June of 1888, Jameson was in command of the rear column of the expedition at Rabakaba, a trading post deep in the Congo known for its cannibal population. They also say that Jameson was dealing directly with Tipu Tip, a slave trader and local fixer. Now, according to Assad Faran, a Sudanese... Do, does fixer in this context mean the same thing as it meant in fucking Pulp Fiction? I don't know. Or cyberpunk? I don't know. I'm looking it up. Okay. Hold on. Give me, just, you just, you got, you hold on, because now my brain is stuck on this. <laughs> what? In, in cyberpunk, it was like a person who <clears throat> would fix you a job, right? So, like, if you needed something done by a mercenary... You wouldn't go directly to a mercenary. You would go to a fixer, and a fixer would then hire a mercenary to do the job for I'm you. I'm sure it's like the same thing. Um, so a fixer is someone who – this is from our good friend Wikipedia. A fixer is someone who carries out assignments for or is skillful at solving problems for others. Uh, the term has different meanings in different contexts. In British usage, the term is neutral, meaning the sort of person who solves problems and gets things done. In journalism, a fixer is a local person who expedites the work of a correspondent working in a foreign country. 
Um, in American English, it implies that methods used to conceal their clients' identities or potential scandals are almost certainly of questionable morality, if not legality. A fixer who disposes of bodies or cleans up physical evidence of crimes is often more specifically called a cleaner. In sports, the term describes somebody who makes usually illegal arrangements to manipulate or prearrange the outcome of a sporting contest. So I'm a dude who's doing stuff. Yeah. Yep. According to Assad Faran, a Sudanese translator on the trip, Jameson expressed interest in seeing cannibalism firsthand. Ferran would later tell Stanley that when he returned to check up on the rear column, his account of the events and would later uh, recount them in an affidavit that was published by the New York Times. He said that Tipu had then talked to the chiefs of the village and produced a 10-year-old slave girl who Jameson paid six handkerchiefs for. I don't believe this story anymore. <laughs> According to a translator, the chiefs then said to the villagers, this is a present from a white man who wishes to see her eaten. The girl was tied to a tree, said Veron. The natives sharpened their knives, and one of them stabbed her twice in the belly. In James Jameson's own diary, he then wrote, Three men then ran forward and began to cut up the body of the girl. Finally, her head was cut off, and not a particle remained, each man taking his piece away down the river to wash it. So this is his own diary now. Both of them also agree on another count. The girl never screamed throughout the ordeal. I don't believe none of this. Me either. The most extraordinary thing was that the girl never uttered a sound nor struggled until she fell, wrote Jameson. This is a dream he had or some it's, shit. I'm, like... I'm very interested to hear the Snopes rebuttal. So Jameson, in the meantime, made rough sketches of the horrible scene, recounted Farad in his later testimony. Jameson afterward went to his tent, where he finished his sketches in watercolors, which is a unique way of saying he rubbed one out. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Honestly, it wouldn't. But like, not, not even a little. Like, I also so one of the big reasons that I don't necessarily believe this is because um, cannibalism was mostly just a fucking propaganda campaign. Yeah, against the peoples of Africa, and like there were a couple of tribes. <clears throat> but it, when I say a couple of tribes, I really just mean there's like. One that lives on an island, like it's fa famously that was where the uh, there was some evangelist Christian mm -hmm. guy who went because he oh, wanted yeah. to uh, bring the word of Lord to yeah. these uh, and they killed him, yeah. That, Lord they, with an E on the end, he wanted to bring he, the yes. word of Lord, <laughs> yeah. He wanted, he wanted to wanted let to them know that they'll royals. never be royals, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, don't run in their blood, dude. <laughs> Uh, Never seen so, in his own diary, Jameson oddly doesn't even fully deny making these drawings, writing, When I went home, I tried to make some small sketches of the scene while still fresh in my memory. In his account in his diary and his wife's later account of the incident, the two attempt to play it off as though Jameson went along with the proceedings because he believed it to be a joke and could not imagine that the villagers would actually kill and eat a child. However... This account fails to explain why Jameson would pay exactly six handkerchiefs. This is the part that I don't believe. Six handkerchiefs is not enough. Likely an amount he would have had to procure for something he didn't believe would happen. It also fails to explain why he even attempted to sketch the horrifying event after the murder. 
Likely, the account of his crime is true, but James Jameson never faced justice. He died shortly after the accusation of his misconduct made their way to Stanley in 1888 from a fever he had contracted. I mean, they act like they don't know why he would want to do this. It's because he's a rich psychopath. Right. Jameson's where? Where is he from? Ireland, actually? Ireland. Yeah. yeah, Ireland. Yeah. So, I'm just saying, Europeans at this time were not particularly cognizant of the ability of other types of people oh, to oh have God, real this, this full was lives. What year? 1888. 1888? Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So Jameson's family, with the help of the Belgian government, were able to hush up many of the atrocities. The mission became the last of its kind. They hadn't invented empathy yeah. yet in the 1800s, so... Non- yeah, yeah. Non-scientific civilian expeditions into Africa were suspended after this time, though military and governmental ones would continue. All because of the crimes of a whiskey error in the brave interpreter who told the world what he did. This podcast is powered by Podbean Podcast Hosting. Are you thinking about starting your own podcast? Are you looking for the best home for your podcast? Check out all the amazing features Podbean offers with unlimited bandwidth and storage for an affordable price. That's right, unlimited. Visit www.podbean.com forward slash unlimited to check it out today. It's podbean.com forward slash unlimited. So now we go over to the Jameson uh, Snopes article. Did a Jameson whiskey error buy a slave girl to watch her get cannibalized? Um, the rating is a mixture. So what's true? By his he probably own... bought a slave girl mm-hmm. or watched someone get cannibalized. Exactly. <laughs> By his own admission, Jameson witnessed the murder and mutilation of a girl in what is now the Democratic Republican Republic of the Congo in 1888. The incident took place after Jameson paid handkerchiefs to a man who had said, give me a bit of cloth and see. So what is false? Jameson insisted he did not set out with the intention of causing or witnessing any murder or act of cannibalism and described what he ultimately witnessed as the most horribly sickening sight I am ever likely to see in my life. Um, so, but why did you pay for it, though? <laughs> Now, most accounts highlight and emphasize the affidavit written by Ferran, the interpreter, which was published in the London Times and subsequently excerpted in the New York Times in November of 1890. Uh, in reality, the truth of exactly what happened and why was obscured by the very out- from the very outset by a flurry of competing narratives, claims and counterclaims, ad hominem attacks, and purported retractions. The passing of more than a century and the deaths of everyone involved has done nothing to offer any greater clarity. However, we do know that based on Jameson's own journals, he did witness the brutal murder and cannibalization of a young girl in what is now the Democratic Republican Republic of the Congo. Uh, for understandable reasons, this has been interpreted and presented over the years as Jameson using his relative wealth and power to buy an African girl in order to satiate his own murderous perversions or curiosity. However, at the time, Jameson protested against such characterizations, insisted that he did not believe anyone would go through with any murder or cannibalization, and described the scene that followed as the most horribly sickening sight I am ever likely to see in my life. As a result of these differing accounts, we are issuing a rating of mixture as to the claim that Jameson bought an African slave girl in order to live out his desire to watch her being murdered and cannibalized. Um, So he did see a girl get eaten. Yes. He says he didn't pay for it. He didn't know that that's what he was paying for. 
basically. Mm. So the Jameson cannibalism affair was a bona fide scandal in the late 1880s and early 1890s, and one that played out in part in the pages of the British newspapers, in particular the Times of London. Uh, so Jameson was in Africa in the first place. I already read that. Shortly after his death, the cannibalism rumors emerged in the pages of British newspapers, and in September of 1888, for example, Ferran was interviewed by a press association reporter whose account was published by, in the Aberdeen Journal. Two years later, the scandal reared its head once again. On November 14th, the Times of London published a lengthy and detailed affidavit from Ferran, reportedly signed in March of 1890. His account, which contains descriptions of beautiful, beautiful, brutal violence against a child, uh, crucially... Ferran wrote that Jameson was a very anxious to see a man killed and eaten by cannibals, and that during a stop in the village of Ribba Ribba, now the reformed community of Lokandu in what is now the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Jameson had told a local tribal leader, in England we hear much about cannibals who eat people, but being myself in the place, I should like to see it done. Now, according to Ferran, Jameson was told that in order to have his wish fulfilled, he would have to buy a slave and then present them to the local villagers as a gift. After agreeing on the price of six handkerchiefs, Jameson purportedly bought a slave girl who turned out or bought a slave who turned out to be a girl of about ten. An unnamed man then presented the girl to the villagers, reportedly saying, "This is a present from the white man. He wants to see how you do with her, how you do with her when you eat her." The girl was then stabbed to death and mutilated, while, according to Ferran, Jameson drew six sketches of the scene, which he later painted with watercolors. Uh, the following day, in November 15th of 1890, the Times published a letter from Jameson himself, reportedly written on August 3rd, 1888, two weeks before his death, and provided, provided by his wife, Ethel. In it, Jameson claimed to have been horrified by the murder and mutilation of the girl, and insisted that he did not sketch the scene until later on, and said it had come about because he had been dismissing the accuracy of various stories about cannibalism, which he told a, quote, Arab man present he did not believe could happen in any country in the world. Such was his revulsion and disbelief. So basically it sounds like the motherfucker was like, hi, ambiguously brown person. I bet <laughs> motherfuckers don't eat other motherfuckers in this country. And he was like, pay me and see, bitch. And he was like, bet. And they did. Yep. Yeah, that sounds like what happened to me. Yeah, I, that's the best version of that story. I, I like that a lot better. Like, like he fucked around and he fucking found out. Yeah, yeah. Well, at the expense yeah. of the life of a ten-year-old girl. Yeah. yeah. So along with that letter from Jameson, his wife enclosed what was purported to be a retraction signed by Ferran back in September of 1888, and it read, "I, Assad Ferran, lately interpreter for the relief expo or with the relief expedition, declare most solemnly that the story of Mr. Jameson buying the girl." has been altogether misunderstood. The story is entirely untrue, and such a charge against Mr. Jameson I declare to be unfounded. The six handkerchiefs given by Mr. Jameson were a present and had no reference whatsoever to the occurrence with which, though the above through the above misunderstanding, they have been erroneously connected. Now, rather than providing clear corroboration of Jameson's own account and a neat conclusion to the saga, Ferran's retraction poses more questions than it answers. Firstly, he claimed that the handkerchiefs had no reference whatsoever to the subsequent murder and mutilation of the girl, is contracted by Jameson himself, who clearly described a causal link between the handkerchiefs and the cannibalism. Mm -hmm. Even if he denied buying the girl as such he and denied being motivated by bloodlust or inhumane curiosity. Secondly, Ferran's retraction was supposedly dated September of 1888, 
which is 18 months before he purportedly signed the affidavit that was published in the Times on November 14, 1890. Why and under what circumstances did Ferran tell, first tell several people that Jameson had bought a slave girl so that he could live out a dark desire to see her cannibalized, then quickly retract the story in a way that contradicted even Jameson's own account, then, almost two years later, sign an affidavit contradicting his previous retraction and outlining the original allegations against Jameson in horrifying detail. See, this is, I hate when stories get really muddied like this from different accounts, and this is why when I finish my playthrough of life, uh, I want to unlock replay mode. <laughs> where where I can just go through it's R- Ruben put it best when I described what I wanted for an afterlife and uh Ru- Ruben was like you want uh free replay mode yeah game so, plus no, no I, I don't no. want I don't want new game plus I don't he want wants to plus. be able to view the archive of every person who ever played the game yeah, yeah. exactly it's I, <clears throat> I want I want like a drone camera that just can be anywhere at any point in time in all all of human history, both before and after I died. So you want to go back to the 1700s and see if Alexander Hamilton really did know how to rap? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to be able to interact at all. Gotcha. I don't care. I just want to. I want to be able to go back and see. I want to be able to have the ultimate version of uh, satiating curiosity. Gosh. Which is, I, I want to go and be like, are the conspiracy theories true? Did Hitler actually escape, or did he kill himself? I want I want to go just be there, a fly on the wall. Gotcha. I want to see, is is Trump really that stupid? Or is he putting it all on as an act? I know, I I know the answer to that one. I saw a compelling TikTok the other day. Really? <laughs> yeah, that said, you know, lead... What they like? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, it's last like, podcast talks about lead a lot. They yeah, say we got to get the lead out. Baby boomers and later and like before. Yes, were live were born into and lived in for quite a while a world that was basically built <laughs> yes. out of poison. Yes, and and lead poisoning stays in your system and it gets worse as you go. As you get older... It's particularly bad with... They were using leaded gasoline. Yes. And that's and in the air. Yeah. 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 And so, basically, the guy on this TikTok proposed that maybe it's no wonder that the world is seem seeming to go to shit right now because the people who are in charge of it are displaying many of the same characteristics of lifelong lead poisoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of those are like confusion, degradation of mental capacity, irritability, anger, violent action. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> Well, this is the same reason that uh, the 70s were such a big time for pretty much all of the big name serial killers that you know were active in the 70s. In the early 80s. In the early 80s, exactly. Yep, Uh, Yep. 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, And that's partially a factor of uh, how much easier it was to get away with crimes in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah. Um, As well as the fact that that's the last podcast on the left theory is that uh, it has a lot to do with lead poisoning. Just straight up. 
Yep. And like, I'm not saying that it's all due to lead poisoning, but I'm oh. saying that it's a compelling fucking argument for a contributing factor. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely a contributing factor. I don't even think you can argue that it's not. It it has to be, right? Yeah. Like, it almost has to be. Yeah. Yo, you guys, it's almost like we're wearing a uniform right now. I know. I didn't expect you guys to put your shirts on. Now we're all... I wasn't gonna, but then I looked over and I saw that Josh had put his on, and I was like, are we doing a fucking bit? Like, what's going on? No. No, I just... I'm probably gonna put my other shirt back on, because this is new, and like I said, I can still feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I can, too. Uh, I'm getting used to it. It needs, like, triple fabric softener. Yeah, because like I said, I washed, them, I washed them and used fabric softener when I dried, or uh, fabric softener sheets when I dried them, but... This, oh, psh, this fabric also is good because it yes, doesn't feel... it's not vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, so good, so good. That was the first thing I thought when I touched it. Like, you can tell that it's not shirt, but it yeah. is not. But it is still, like, flexible yeah. with the shirt. Yeah, it's good stuff. They're not saying they didn't appreciate you, Cindy. No, I do appreciate you. I still have the shirts that <laughs> yeah, were made I, for I still me. got my other one. I just have... Autism and ADHD, so like it's hard for me to wear shit that I don't like. All right, the feeling of. All right, guys. So speaking of which, we are going to wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you for coming along with us and uh, drink your Jameson. But don't, or don't, whatever, <laughs> or, don't. or don't. Yeah, yeah. If just that's do not it responsibly. Shouts out to my friend, who's. Um, I think he just got his thirty day chip. Nice. So hell yeah, we so. support that. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap up. So I have been Don. I think I was the middlest brother. I'm yeah, not sure what we brother. landed on. And I've been your weird cousin that definitely did too many psychedelics when he was in his late teens. But then you met him again in his mid-20s, and he was actually pretty cool now. Okay. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye.